This is Why We Plan, a podcast for business owners and their advisors about how to better plan for the exit from a business. Join us each episode as we discuss different elements of exit planning, including real-life stories, challenges, and opportunities of owners and their advisors. Welcome, everybody, to today's edition of Why We Plan. My name is John Brown. I'm the founder of BEI, which is an international organization uh, that focuses on helping advisors plan for the future of their owner's exit from their business, their successful exit. And with me today is Richard Claywell. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Richard in a second, and then Richard, if you would then explain a little bit more about your background. But what we do with this podcast is we bring you the country's leading experts on all facets of exit planning. We want to provide you with the tools, the ideas, the suggestions to enhance your professional practice and your capability to help your clients, your business owner clients, as well as future clients to exit on their terms. That's what for us exit planning is all about. So Richard and I go back. I don't know how long, Richard. I think you were relatively young and I was relatively young when I first met you, probably 20 plus years ago. At least, Uh, yes. And uh, so we have a long history. So Richard, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to see your mug again. Uh, Tell us about your practice and then we're gonna dive into some topics, I think of essential interest to business advisors. Uh, I'm a certified public accountant, but we don't do accounting work, which kind of shocks people. What I do are business valuations for just a number of different reasons. A lot of what we do is litigation related. We do forensic accounting. So we do fraud investigations to see where people are stealing money. And we do economic damages for all sorts of of activity that's going on that's out there. I have been doing this type of work since 1985. I'm not interested in doing tax returns. I'm not interested in doing anybody's accounting or write-up work. I'm not interested in doing audits, just not going to do it. So if you're looking for that, you need to find somebody else. And I've been doing this, again, since 1985, so it's, you know, 30 plus years. I really enjoy it. To me, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, A couple weekends ago, my wife got a call from one of my cousins and and they were talking and, and my cousin wanted to know when I was going to retire. And so I asked my cousin, what do you mean retire? Uh, So I I just really enjoy it and I'm going to be around for a while. And I also, which is kind of interesting, I've got a master's degree in business valuation. Uh, I I was talking to the president of a college and they were talking about the course and asking how much it was. And I said, I'm not going to do that. So they give me a quote scholarship to let me take it for, for no cost whatsoever. Uh, but I, I, I now I have a master's degree in uh, business valuation, which is kind of interesting. Well, that's that is interesting. So let's the topic, a major topic I wanted to talk about today with you, is this this focus on EBITDA to determine the value of a business. It's it's pervasive throughout 
any type of a selling situation of a business it seems in this country. Uh, and I think it's been led mostly by the third party sale world. But talk about EBITDA or EBITDA, uh, how it should be used, what other valuation techniques should you look at, especially as it applies to transfers to family or key employees? First of all, EBITDA is easy to use and it was developed or kind of recognized, I believe in the 1980s in the merger and acquisition arena. But something to ask yourself, and I always, when I've talked to clients about this, is if you use EBITDA, how much of that EBITDA can you put in your pocket? That's a great question for advisors to ask their owners. I agree. And so, so the answer is none. Then the second question becomes how much cash flow can you put in your pocket? And it depends on the value of the company. So when you stop at EBITDA, you have artificially inflated the value of the company because it does not take into consideration your capital expenditures that you would need to have, your changes in working capital. It does not get down to cash flow. So you can have a positive EBITDA and actually be at a loss. So I don't use it. I don't recommend it. I've even testified in deposition. Uh, well, my opinion was on EBITDA. I'm not sure the attorney appreciated my opinion, but that's okay. She asked the question. So I shy away from it. Another thing to think about from an advisor standpoint is if you use EBITDA, and let's assume that you come up with a $10 million value for the company and you sell a life insurance policy based upon that $10 million and it's been in place for a number of years, and then the client finds out that there's cash flow instead of EBITDA, and to get to the true value of a company, you should use cash flow. So now I've been paying, quote, excessive premiums over X number of years. Uh, do I, in fact, have a case against you for malpractice? So I think that's something we need to think about if we're gonna wind up using EBITDA. I think it's potential risk uh, for your members and for your advisors. Yeah. So if we don't use EBITDA, what should we use? So if I'm an advisor, I'm not a valuation advisor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a financial advisor, an insurance advisor, a business coach, what approach, first of all, would you recommend we use? So let's talk about that. I would use some sort of a discounted cash flow methodology. The reason for that is that takes into consideration all the expenses that you have, and then it adjusts for the cash that you're going to be going to be receiving. It's looking at the future changes in working capital that you have to have to run your business. So if I'm a buyer, what is that outflow for me for working capital? I need to know what that is. I also will have an outflow for future capital expenditures, equipment that's out there. So that takes that into consideration. So it gets me closer to a true cash flow number. How much money at the end of the day can I put in my pocket? How much do I anticipate I'm going to have from a cash flow standpoint to run my company on an annual basis? If it is not going to give me that and the discounted cash flow is, is more complex to do. It, it's, it's, it really, really is. 
but I, I feel we do it all day long. So for me, it's no big deal. Uh, but I do think that that's a better methodology that's out there. You can also do some sort of a capitalization of cash flow or capitalization of earnings. If you do the capitalization process, then those earnings or cash flows are supposed to be stabilized. And if you, I'm assuming that most of us know how to use Excel, go out there and put the five, six, seven years earnings or cash flows into uh, Excel and make a little chart. Is that line fairly stable or is it just as erratic as, as erratic can be? If it's really erratic, then the question becomes, are those earnings or cash flows stabilized? The answer is probably no. So that converts you back over to using a discounted cash flow methodology. So to do that, uh, let's say that uh, I'm a financial advisor. Again, as most of our members are financial advisor. I'm not going to use a, DC, a DCF or discounted cash flow method. I'm not going to use a capitalization of earnings method. Can I go to the client's CPA firm? Are they going to, will they tend to have that experience and knowledge or do I need to go to a valuation person? As, as a CPA, and this is what I tell clients, you know, when I went to CPA school, which is your, my bachelor's degree in accounting, nobody ever mentioned discounted cash flow. And all the training that I've done to get the various designations that I have, there's very little talked about a discounted cash flow. So to say, take this back to your CPA, the majority of times I think that's probably a mistake because they don't know how to do that. I think you need to find a valuation professional that uses a discounted cash flow. A lot of people out there will just use a capitalization process because it's a whole lot easier. It's less time consuming. You don't have to think about it as much as far as what you're doing, but I don't think you get a better result. Saying that two or three, four years ago, we had a valuation and they had an in-house CPA. We wanted to do the discounted cash flow. And he said he could do it. And, and that's fine with me. I don't have a problem with it. Uh, about two years later, we're still struggling over the discounted cash flow because he didn't know how to do that. And what we had to wind up doing in Texas, they have a rule 11 agreement, you know, and I'm not a lawyer, but this is where everybody agrees is here's what you're going to do. Both the husband and wife's attorney said, we know it's not right. You're not going to get there because uh, the, the CPA that's trying to do it just doesn't understand it. Just use what you've got. I said, no, I can't do that because if we go to court, I'm going to get killed because I know the numbers are wrong. So we had to wind up getting an agreement where they both stipulated that the answer that I got would not be challenged. It wasn't the right answer, but that's what happened because the CPA thought he could do it and he really couldn't. Yeah. So we've now complicated the valuation process for the non-CPAs of the world, the advisors out there who want to do exit planning and help their clients. Um, what mo we see most, which again, from your perspective, if we're going to do something that both the buyer and the seller can rely upon, and I'm thinking of an inside transfer in a third party world, it's different because we know the buyer is responsible for their own determination of value, right? But in an inside transfer, we know that both the owner 
and the key employees or the kids, they're not going to be sophisticated. They're not going to even know what DCF stands for. Um, so it seems as though the process we at BEI, we typically recommend our members do is if you want to get an idea of the value for general planning purposes, if you want to use some software derived valuation like biz equity, that tends to be a lot more accurate than the owner's self-determination of business value. <laughs> Anything is better than that for the most part. So that might be good for initial planning, but when it comes time to make a decision of transferring ownership, we need an accurate understanding of the value. And the reason EBITDA may not be a good valuation methodology to Richard's point is you could have a million dollars of EBITDA and no cash flow. And cash flow is what provides, when the buyer receives it, that provides the ability to buy ownership. If we have a million dollars of EBITDA, we sell the business, 10% of the business, 30% of the business to the key employees, and it doesn't generate any cash flow, we're going to have an unsuccessful inside transfer. Is that, a, a, that is my belief, but tell me I'm wrong or I'm right. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. We, we've got a case right now we're working on where the individual, he owns 100%, but he's got about 30 key employees. And what we're going to do is we're going to value a 49% interest that he wants to divvy that up amongst the 30 employees. He does not want to do an ESOP. So we're going to actually uh, issue securities, you know, for those 30 individuals. But you've, you've got to know what the answer is. And what I've already told them is once we get from point A to point B, we're ready to, you know, start signing some papers on this thing. I'm going to go down to his office. It's a manufacturing company. We're going to go down there. I'm going to go down there. And we're going to have one or two sessions, whatever it takes, to explain to these blue-collar workers. You know, they, they have no clue what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, explain to them here, you know, in, in 25 words or less, very, very simple, eighth grade language, a jury language. Uh, here's what this is. This, has, this is how it works. This is our issues you need to be aware of. Texas is a community property state. I've done this before. So I explained to, to uh, both the husband and the wife, here's the issues involved with this. Uh, if you get a divorce somewhere down the road, you, you may have some complications with all that. So I think the communication is the important deal. So they, everybody understands, here's what you're doing. Here's why you're trying to do that and why one methodology which may be a little more time consuming and a little more expensive is really the preferred methodology for doing the, the value of the company. Okay, so again, the purpose of this podcast is to provide the listeners, the advisors out there with the kind of information they are going to need or want to do exit planning at a high level, at an accurate level. And that means that, especially with inside transfers, which are the majority of transfers our members do, they do more inside transfers to family or key employees than third-party sales or ESOPs, we need to be cognizant, aware that using a software-derived valuation and 
doing evaluation solely on EBITDA multiples may lead to an inaccurate and actually an unobtainable successful exit for the owner because the fundamental driver of inside transfers is cash flow. And so we need to use, as Richard pointed out, evaluation method methodology that relies on cash flow as the driver of value. Richard, your thoughts? I agree 100%. Uh, one of the problems I think that you have, even in a third party, but especially to an outside third party, is you know what's the value? Am I going to be overpaying for this? Is it, is it really worth the investment I'm trying to make? Of course, they have to educate the quote blue collar worker or whoever's working there. Uh, but if they have just a little bit of knowledge, it gets to be a hard sell because they're going to challenge you on that. Yeah, I'm guessing most buyers are going to use discounted cash flow to determine the price they're going to offer. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Um, there you have it. Valuation is critical. Accurate valuation is critical in exit planning. Uh, there are different times and purposes for the different valuation methodologies. But at the end of the day, if we're thinking of transferring to insiders, we've got, as, as advisors, we've got to use a valuation methodology that reflects the amount of cash flow that is going to be available to the buyers. And that cash flow uh, needs to be cash flow. It can't just be an artificial number derived from EBITDA. Right, I agree. Richard, any other thoughts on, on the connection between valuation and ownership transfers, especially insiders? Well, something to think about is Again, we, we do the discounted cash flow all day long. That's just the approach that we use. If your members are interested, they, they need to find somebody that's experienced. They know how to do this sort of thing. This is not their first rodeo. I would ask them how many times, how many companies have you valued and how many times have you done a discounted cash flow analysis? Uh, and has anybody ever challenged that? You know, we, we go to court with this stuff and we're not having any problems with what we're doing. Uh, so just find somebody that can help you with these sorts of things. There are people that are out there, uh, look them up, get their backgrounds, get some help. That's great. And so for the members listening in, again, you can go to our resources page and find those experts. For the advisors listening in, you will have Richard Claywell's contact information as a result of this, or and you can also contact BEI for the expert CPAs that you will need to work with. Uh, every exit plan our members do, uh, financial advisors, whatever, they will involve a CPA. And not all CPAs are created equal when it comes time to value a business. So with that, Richard, thank you very much. After all, this is why we plan. Well, thank you very much, John. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk to your members. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. If you'd like more information on better ways to plan for the future, please visit exitplanning.com.